Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us for Real Talk Live. For those of you, and this is your first time tuning in, my name is Kalanda. And this is Stanley. And we come here every week to discuss the intersection of our faith and what's going on in the world and uh, around us in culture. And as we have been doing for the past couple of weeks, we are continuing our Ask the Pastor series. If you've missed our previous episodes, we've talked about weed, sexual immorality, we've talked about heaven or hell, we've talked about depression, and tonight we are talking about do we have to go back? Stanley, you want to introduce tonight's guest? Sure. Uh, tonight's guest is someone I met a few years ago. If you came to the um, Shakers Conference, the second year that we did it, he was uh, the speaker uh, one of those nights and was really a blessing to everybody. But I actually met him through um, a big brother of mine, Pastor Derek Mercer. Um, but he is definitely one of the real ones out here in the field. Um, somebody that I know that will definitely be a blessing to us tonight. His name is Pastor Brad Hamby. He is in, um, how do you, I always wanted to say Opelika, but it's Opelika, Alabama. Opelika. Right? In, in, Opelika. in Dallas, Georgia now, in Atlanta. Yeah. That's right, Dallas, Georgia. When yeah. I met him, he was in Alabama. He's, the Lord has shifted him. Let me be deep for a yeah. second. The Lord has shifted him to Dallas, Georgia, and uh, he's doing great things there. We'll let him explain his, um, you know, everything that he has going on in a minute, but I just want you all to welcome him to the real room, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about hearing what he has to say tonight, so I think it's going to be a blessing. Yeah, they're talking about in the comments that they remember his message at the Shakers Conference. That and you know, I know I do want to tell you this, Pastor Hamby. Um, I was hoping that she tunes in because she could verify this. The night that you spoke at the Shakers Conference, I got a testimony. There was a young girl there that you ministered to, and she was actually battling um, suicide and depression. Mm. Wow. And you ministered to her that night, and her aunt told me that right after the service, she grabbed her and she hugged her, and you know, God just freed her from that spirit of depression and suicide. I never got a chance to tell you that, but I'm telling wow. you that now. It was that exact yeah. night that you spoke. I wish her, her aunt normally tunes in. I wish her aunt was on here now um, to verify it. But yes, um, yeah, God set her free from that. Wow. So. Man, that is a, that's a, a big blessing uh, to me uh, just to uh, hear that. Matter of fact, man, um, I, I eventually went on later on down the road and actually um, just a quick, quick story on that subject, uh, but was flying to Texas to speak at a, um, a marriage conference deal. And uh, I couldn't get any rest on the uh, airplane. And I was trying to lay my head, couldn't get anywhere to rest. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me these words. He said, Samson had the same issue. And when he spoke that to me, man, I went back and developed a sermon uh, called The Suicide of Samson. Wow. And uh, how that when you fight everybody else's battles and, you know, the enemy eventually plucks Samson's eyes out. But when you fight everybody else's battles and you can't see your way out of your own, you eventually want to take your life before it's time. And so uh, that just blesses me tremendously to know that God broke that yoke uh, yes. of our life. So thank you for sharing that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I always meant to tell you that, but it just it just it just came to me. But her, when our aunt tunes in. Um, and we see it. I'll definitely, you know, let her aunt go. But yeah, it was from what from what the story was. It was a lot. And she came that particular night. Just just came on a random night. And the word that you spoke that night, it really 
God really set her free. And oh. she was a young girl, teenager at that time. So definitely was a blessing to hear that. So Wow. This is proof yeah. when we do what the Lord tells us to do, say what he's mm-hmm. told us to say, mm-hmm. and people can be blessed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So do we have to go back? <laughs> I know that was good. So do we have to go back, Stanley? <laughs> Don't ask me. We're gonna ask Pastor Brad. Y'all don't want to know my answer. Well, tell 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 our audience where what are you talking about? Okay. Well, with the pandemic, you know, everybody's been socially distanced um, with the church. Well, I can't say that, but everybody's been socially distant, you know, with the church services and things of that nature. So a lot of ministries have now gone virtual. Um, there are now a lot of churches that have actually started virtual. Um, you have a lot of ministries that have started on Clubhouse and Zoom and things of that nature. So the question is, um, for this generation, um, do we, when the pandemic ends or uh, whenever they say it's safe for us to come back together and worship, you know, we're hearing one group say, oh my God, I can't wait to come back to church. But then there's another group that's saying, well, I actually can wait to come back to church. You know, I like the virtual thing. I don't see the need of me gathering um, in person with the saints and things of that nature. And there are valid reasons on both ends why some people, you know, have their pros and cons for each decision. So that's where this topic comes from. And if we do come back to church, then what type of demand or expectation should we as believers have when we return back to our worship services or if we decide to stay virtual? So that's where this topic pretty much comes from. Do we have to really go back or is it okay for us to just stay virtual and do what we've been doing? So that's where we at. I'm going to let you start off, Pastor Brad. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this, <laughs> this, uh, this, this is fun to me. I, I like this setting. And uh, when you have questions like this, what I wish we could do is find all of, like, the heavy hitters in the kingdom of God and, like, bring them together and, and almost in a conference let them dissect these heavy topics. Because to me, in situations like this, uh, there are so many people that can form opinions and, and rightfully so, but it's, it's like to me, you know, you have a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a general physician, a general doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. They may not have like any uh, special degree in a certain area, but they can just give you a general prognosis kind of deal. Uh, but in times like these, you don't need your general doctors, you need uh, like the specialist. Uh, mm-hmm. that's been set apart uh, by God to come in and really dissect these things. And so by no means am I calling myself a specialist in this area, but I'll just give you some things that come to my heart uh, as uh, we'll, I was- We'll make you a specialist tonight. How about that? Oh, touch me. <laughs> we'll ordain you as a specialist. My, my, <laughs> uh, virtual, a virtual specialist, huh? Yeah, you're a virtual specialist. <laughs> you know, um, I, I thought about this. I, I, I love to go back to the scripture, which is our foundation to see um, how this all operated to as closely- uh, in the Bible is what we're dealing with today. Uh, so if, if I ask myself the question, was there virtual church uh, during Jesus's time uh, when he walked on the earth and uh, even after he left? And I'm going to just give you some topics that come to my mind uh, that maybe you can glean from. Number one, I believe that virtual church happened all the time after Jesus left. Visions and dreams is nothing but virtual reality. 
so think about this. Peter one day is hungry. You know, you get real tired when you get hungry. Your eyes fall in the back of your head, the whole nine yards. Peter's real hungry one day, he goes up to the rooftop. The Bible says his food ain't done on time, in my own words. You won't find that in King James Version. Brother man falls asleep and he has a vision. This is virtual church. He's not awake. Uh, he's asleep, but he is looking almost at a screen and God has mashed play and he's trying to communicate a message to him virtually. Uh, the interesting thing was that as this vision took place, the responsibility of Peter was once he come to his consciousness from this virtual experience, he had to then discern what was the Holy Spirit trying to communicate to him during this time. So dreams and visions to me, man, is as virtual as it gets. Uh, think about Paul. Uh, he had a vision of the Macedonians saying, hey, please come here, help us. Uh, I need you to uh, come, and, come and preach, come and minister to us. Um, th those type things happened uh, all throughout the scripture. So I believe in virtual uh, church, the online experience. Um, to give you some other things that uh, come to my mind today, uh, visions, dreams, or virtual experience. Also, I think that uh, even written letters back in biblical times could represent a somewhat of a virtual experience. It's the closest that they had to it. Uh, so Paul would write letters and send them out. Uh, we do that via email. It's, it's an online opportunity. Um, so written letters to me was a virtual experience. And then last, uh, number three, to support the virtual side, uh, is the spoken word of Jesus. Uh, Jesus spoke words that healed people. He sent them. Uh, so I, I if, if, um, if I were going to answer the question just in a blanket statement, I like to look at it both and and not either or. And I think that's where sometimes the church gets trapped because they have defined God and limited him into a certain system of beliefs. And to mess up their box, they try to define him, which therefore actually causes them to build their own coffins and really not life-giving sanctuaries. But, but spoken words, uh, written letters, visions and dreams, that is a, a, a virtual experience. Uh, now on the flip side of that, here's something I, I, I also uh, think about, uh, both and, thinking about both and here. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been walking with a young man probably about over a year and a half, two years, made some horrible mistakes in his life before he turned his life over to God. Uh, been mentoring him now, pouring into him for over a year. He had a record. He was facing uh, many days in prison, many days in prison. Uh, past couple of weeks, I had the privilege of driving him all the way back to Oklahoma. It was about an eight-hour drive. He was nervous, full of anxiety as he's getting ready to go into his court case and drove him all the way back to his city. And we uh, got our rooms and, and, uh, uh, we had, had, had said good night, had some prayers, and he went to his room, and I'm chilling in mine, doing a little reading, and 
And uh, as he, he got about 30 minutes, wasn't really even that long, he called me back on the phone. He said, look, can I come and just have one more word of prayer with you? I'm very anxious. And I said, man, sure, come on. And one of the most powerful things that I love to do with people is actually take communion. So he came back into our room, man, we got on our knees and we started praying together and we had communion and, and, and uh, a little grape juice and some bread and and I'm, I'm praying with him, you know, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, reach over and put your hand on his shoulder. He said to me, he needs more than just a prayer. He needs an embrace. And so when I reached out, this young man had an abusive father. Uh, his, his father, his stepfather broke his ribs. I mean, whole nine yards, just abusive situation. But when I reached out and grabbed his shoulder, he, he, he normally would not cry, would not shed tears. But when I made that physical touch and I grabbed his shoulder and let him know that, dude, I'm in this thing with you, there was an impartation that took place and he broke and began to cry. The floodgates were open. We had communion together and he went back to bed. So I'm saying, I took you around a long way to say this. I still believe that the church has to have and find some way to gather together, uh, some way, whether small groups, because remember, church is not place, it's people, and church is not just quantity of people, it's quality of people, all right? Uh, and if the church, if you break the church down to its smallest unit, the church is a family of families. Now, in my household, and I'm a little old school in, in my household, but, but we still like to do things together. E even in the middle of pandemic, like I wouldn't send all of my children to their rooms and us just text each other all day long and never come out to come together. Even newborn babies cannot grow if they are not physically touched and held and talked to and nurtured. And so like I can look and see that there is a virtual experience, I also see that there are some things that can only happen when people come together and even sometimes touch and agree. So uh, I don't know if I'm uh, answering uh, the question the way that uh, you would like for me to. No, you, you are. <laughs> that, that's just some, you know, and I think I think one of the, the main things that we are missing that would cause a hunger in us for us to get together is a genuine love for each other. Like, like the Bible said in the last days that the love of many would wax cold. But when you genuinely love someone, man, sometimes like you, you just, you've got to get together because in the scripture, when Paul got ready to check out and he was telling them deuces, I'm out of here, I'm going to Jerusalem, the Jews, you know, they're going to have their way with me, they're going to lock me up. The scripture said that those brothers ran to him, fell on his neck, tears running down their face. They kissed him and they said, man, we love you. That If we had that type of love one for another, I believe that there would be a pull in the depth and the deep cords of our heart that would beckon us to come be among us and get together, you know? So uh, that's just a little bit of, of, of my heart. 
I'm not going to express my thoughts. I'm going to let Kalanda talk. You go ahead. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, Stanley. Because I'm, I'm not going to say. But I, Pastor is bringing up a great point that for those who have some apprehension, it may be less about the ministry and more about the people in the ministry that they don't miss. Because while, you know, a virtual church of services have been convenient, there is a part of me that miss that uh, fellowship, that in-person fellowship, you know, gathering together, getting to see people after church, you know, talking, catching up. But I, I think if people are not looking forward to it, it may be more about the people who go to their church and not, and less about the ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, go ahead, go ahead, Pastor Burt. Two, I think there are valuable lessons, just like Peter had to wake up from his virtual experience and discern what God was trying to do because God was trying to do a new thing. So he first introduced this new thing virtually to Peter. He was trying to let Peter know, I am bigger than the Jewish nation, and I want you to quit being a, a, a religious individual who has locked me up in your own culture. And, and, and he was trying to tell them, I want you to go uh, to Cornelius's house where you're going to have the Gentile baptism of the Holy Spirit, Gentile Pentecost. He was reaching over into a different uh, generation and a different culture. So I think that even at times we focus on coming back to church or not coming back. Church has got to happen one way or the other. A family will get together some way, somehow. And, and But I also want to want to just throw this in. I think there's some valuable lessons that, that God's trying to teach us through this virtual environment. Number one, as a preacher, when, when get this now, the, when, 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 when COVID first hit and we went to a virtual experience, I watched some pastors online and they looked as if they, they didn't even know how to preach. They, it was like, it was, and they, they claimed to be Pentecostal and, and, and with nobody there, they didn't even know how to preach, how to talk. It was like they lost the Holy Ghost and I'm Pentecostal and believe in the Holy Ghost, but they didn't even, you crazy Stanley, they didn't even know, they didn't know how to preach. And, and, and here's one of the lessons that I think virtually God wants to communicate to us, to all the pastors. Preachers, you are not to be uh, fired up or energized or lifed by the congregation as much as you are by the word. If the word lifes you, you don't need anybody in the room. You don't. And see what happened, what, what this revealed to me is that pastors, and notice what God did. Y'all ever heard stuff uh, before COVID, pastors speaking stuff like this, uh, give God pray. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Oh, you can do better than that. Oh, you. And then as soon as COVID hit, all them pastors are like, I just can't wait until I have somebody back in the room. We went from, we went from crucifying them to now celebrating them because God flipped the script. It, it, you were looking, you know, anyway, I, I get lost. There are things that God wants us to learn in the virtual experience that, that if we get focused on just coming back to church or not, see what happened was some shepherds made people their God instead of Jesus being their God. And uh, God's really trying to, you know, I mean, even think about it through this virtual experience, the low have now been lifted high. Used to the janitor of the church was a nobody. Now they're the most important person in the kingdom. 
has 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 my pew been sanitized? Good God. Like, like, you know, uh, now all of a sudden God has flipped the script in these things. And so there are lessons that he's wanting us to, to get and get good uh, through this virtual experience as he's trying to escort us into a new way of being a living church. Uh, he's, he's, he's almost like same water, but new well. I'm, I'm going to use the same Holy Spirit, but I'm just changing the plumbing. It's going to be something different. Family, you. Oh, y'all's <sighs> I had to, I had to turn my camera off. I didn't want the world to see my reactions, but, <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, Pastor Brad, I, I've said this publicly on social media and I've said this on the real room a few times and there are some people that may crucify me for it or whatever, but I don't, I don't care. But my thing was, I, I said that I'm per, I, I enjoy virtual church. Um, I know me personally, I've been in church all of my life. You know, my parents raised me and my brother in church. You know, we've seen it all. We've heard it all. And um, I made a statement and I said, uh, one of the reasons why I'm not in a rush to get back to church. And by, it's because I look at some of the ministries that I see and it's as if they're doing the same thing like they did before the pandemic hit. So it's nothing that's really pulling. This is my thing. And, and, and this thought came to my mind. I told somebody this yesterday. When you become predictable, then you're dead. Because it's like, I know your routine. I know what you're doing. I know, okay, at this time, this is going to happen. At this time, they're going to say this. At this time, this person's going to do this and that. So it's really like, I don't have to be back because I already know what's expected. My thing is when I return to church, I expect it to be a different move of God to where it's like, God, I don't know what you're doing today, but we open to whatever, you know, let his presence show up. We worship, we get a good word. You know what I'm saying? It's just a free freeness in the Holy Spirit versus now it's, it's, and, and that's what, and it's not, it's just not me, but it's a lot of people that's saying that like, well, yeah. we don't need to go back because yep. it don't look like they're doing anything different. Yep. 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 And I, I know I, they're going to kill me for this one, but. I, I I agree. I agree. If 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 the horse is dead, dismount. If if we've been doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same results, and and that's the deal. We've we've made the world the problem, and not looked within our church systems to see what needs to be changed in order for growth to take place within our lives. And we love our comfort and our traditions more than we love following the Holy Spirit. When you follow the Holy Spirit, he keeps your holy curiosity alive. And that's the mm. reason why some people don't want to go to church, because exactly what you said, they know what's going to be expected. They know how it's going to happen. And it's because people have not been called out of the traditional boat of uh, the gospel ship. You know, they've been out there all day long. And then Peter says, man, I wonder if I can walk on this water. Like, and then give me one word. Somebody give me something that leads me into a territory unknown. And, and what you're talking about, Stanley, I, I, sometimes I could get sick spiritually at hearing what you say because people in the business world has mocked the church because we are predictable and it minimizes uh, our level of influence because we are so doing church in a way that literally shames the name of God. Uh, I, I, I've, I, I've been in a funeral 
where a Catholic funeral home director mocked the people in the service because he had been told what was going to happen before it happened. And, and he mocked even, you know, the whole situation and the, the religion that was involved in that funeral because we have become a predictable people. But when we're led by the spirit, the scripture says, you may not even know where it's come from. You don't even know where the wind like is, is, is sending you, but you're on a journey that's filled with holy curiosity and adventure. And you're wondering, God, what's next? Just like Peter, when he, when he came from his virtual experience, he was walking downstairs when the Holy Spirit told him, there's three men downstairs that's going to meet you. Go with them and go doubting nothing. But Peter did not even fully comprehend what God was doing until he started preaching in the Gentiles' house. And then he preached to himself because God baptized a non-Jewish people in the Holy Ghost. And Peter then said, oh, I perceive that God is not a respecter of person. But he did not comprehend that unless he went on a journey that required faith for him to take one step at a time. And this dead religion requires no faith. You know what's going to happen. No faith is needed. But when you're taking the journey of a lifetime and you're leaving your tradition, see, and the reason why some people are going to fight this change is because they've preached in a way and had pride in it so much that now if they change, they have to change their whole doctrine. And then they realize that they spent their whole life trying to build something on a wrong foundation. So now they're bitter and angry and don't want to see us go into Canaan land, but we gonna go. We're going. <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. And I, I haven't thought about the fact that the Lord is trying to show us as a as a body, you know, some things that we need to learn. And I think one of those things is going back to see this whole the spirit as the source of our creativity because we've had to you know we've had same old church services for years and years the same conferences same people just different places and now we've been put in a position where we have to do differently if we want to capture people attention and i think we're seeing ministries struggle because we don't know the spirit as the source of our creativity. All we wanted was the Lord to give us the call. And then now, you know, they see themselves as the source of their, you know, their creativity. I mean, think about it. How many church meetings have we been in and we're planning for an event and we're asking the Lord to come in and show us how you want us to reach these people? What, are, you know, what objectives do you want us to do, Lord? What, what is it that you want to do? What, Lord, what do you think this theme should be? We already come into these place these event planning uh, sessions with a theme in mind, what we want the people to do, where we want people to stand, and we're not inviting the source of our creator, uh, our creativity into these spaces. And I think this has really taught us that we are real, that we have really been having church without the spirit. It's just. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> so, so, so true, so true. And so because of that, we hadn't been able to reproduce. We, we've been we've been stuck in the four walls of our own facilities and we haven't been able to reproduce and uh, with the Holy Spirit. He's so creative. I mean, I mean, think about that. And and uh, and I, I say this somewhat tre trepidatiously, but I, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, the, the Holy Spirit 
they got in the upper room. Do, do, we don't realize how creative he was. If Jesus is the best product, if we speak in business terms, if Jesus is the best product that's ever been invented, that means that he don't belong on the back of a shelf. So what did God do to position the best product that had ever been given to, to push this business at its at, at, so that it gets the greatest news coverage? On the day of Pentecost, they were gathered in an upper room where many people from all over were gathered in one location. And then God said, in prayer, now let's pour out the Holy Spirit. It, it, he, he, he's a business-minded individual. And we've tried, you know, just to almost neglect the way the Holy Spirit does things. And, and, and if not careful, we can overcompensate and we can become traditionalists even in our virtual experience. We can make things about how many likes, how many shares. I'm seeing preachers get intoxicated on that. I almost at times just want to shut it down and preach to real people just for the fact, like, I don't care if you share, you, you know, I'm talking about like, share, post. I get all of it, but we can become intoxicated even on that. The main thing that will never change is our intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that those that know their God will do exploit. They will be strong and they will do. Those that know their God, you don't get to know him on a public platform. You don't get to know him in a public gathering. <laughs> you get to know him in the privacy of your own home in the intimate walk with him. And that's what's lacking. Uh, it really is. It really is. Y'all got me stirred up. I know I sound real preacher. You, you, you stirred up. Imagine how we feel. <laughs> but you know what, though? I, I said this, Pastor Brad, before somebody asked me a question. It was like, um, does it feel like your walk with God? You know, you may, I said, honestly, since the pandemic and since virtual church, I've actually been able to hear God clearer. Um, because I'm not surrounded with the distractions of, of what goes on inside of the church building. Um, and when I'm listening to church online, um, I'm actually able to hear the word and just be me when I hear the word. I don't, I don't have to be Stanley Platts. I don't have to be that. And I can, I'm able to receive the word without wondering, you know, is this person looking at me and see how I react? You know, different things like that. It's so it's ju it's just as many distractions in person. It can be as yeah. many distractions in person as it can be virtual. But in this season in my life, um, my prayer life has gotten stronger. Um, I'm able to hear God clear in some things in regards to my personal life and things of that nature. I'm not distracted with the mask of religion um, oh. as I would normally be. And that's why I'm so adamant on if I do decide, and I'm just speaking for me, but I'm speaking for a lot of others as well. When we do decide to come back, my question is, are we going to just do things like business is normal? Or are we going to be open to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way so we can make it attractive again? Because when I grew up, you know, church was, you know, even though our parents made us come, it was something that we knew that, okay, this particular Sunday, the Holy Spirit might move and the pastor may not preach. You know, it was, we was just open to whatever. And like I said, the predictable part is what's really causing the church to lose its influence, especially with those that were still trying to win in the world. Yeah, man, this is a good question, man. Y'all are stirring me up for real. <laughs> what I would do, I think this would be fun. What if you wrote a list out of everything that you disagreed with the experience that you had on a Sunday morning and why? 
And then that would make the outline of what your church would look like. You, you, the temple of God would look like when you went back to church. Because here's the deal. If you were under pressure when you were in church to perform, that's almost like a spirit of witchcraft. Isn't that sad? We go to church and we're in a double mind. We can't even just be real people. Uh, so, so, so all these years, what we've been calling Holy Spirit, I wonder what it's been. Anyway, if, if all, all of this is going, <laughs> if, 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 so if you wrote a list out, because what people need to see is the light in the darkness. So, so what God started dealing with me on, man, when I started getting delivered from people and delivered from the pressure to perform, delivered from the pressure to preach in a certain way to move people's emotions so that I felt good about myself. So what I had to start doing, and this is still a work, I wanted to go to church, but exemplify in the middle of chaos or the middle of what I disagreed with, I wanted to demonstrate what healthy character and relationship with Christ looked like. And, and that, that's what uh, needs like to be that. demonstrated. Uh, in, in, but but uh, to me, I, yeah, there, there's a whole, a whole lot. Uh, uh, to, to, it's, to yeah, because, you know, we're dealing with a generation now that's, you know, that's not as serious about God as it was, you know, with our parents and sure. our grandparents and things of that nature. So they're challenging they have a lot of questions now. They're becoming more educated now. They're reading more into the Bible now. You know, you can't yeah. just give them that old school, you know, fire and brimstone because they're now challenging that where the generations before us didn't. Whatever the pastor said, that was law. So, you know, this generation is now inquiring more. And when you have a generation that's in charge, that's not willing to explain or willing to at least have a conversation, it's kind of like, okay, well, I might as well just do what I've been doing. And, you know, I've been able to be in both here from both sides. Sure. And it's, yeah. And that's that's the talk right now. One of the things that stood out to me and what you just said is powerful. Church is going to have to. I've been thinking about doing church um, almost like a, a, um, a game show for a millennial generation where I pick a topic like sexual impurity. But when I'm preaching or talking my sermon, I get to ask them questions. They electronically respond their answers. We have dialogue while I'm preaching and teaching, those kind of things, just different. But this is what's interesting. And I believe church is going to look like this uh, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways in the future. When, when the prophet Isaiah got ready to prophesy the coming of the Lord Jesus, out of all of the names the prophet Isaiah could have said, He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's a healer, way maker, promise keeper, all that. He could have said all of those things, but instead, this is how he prophesied Jesus would come. He said, wonderful counselor. See, in this season, we're, if, if people are still wanting to go back and just do church like it is, we're dealing now with generations who are lost in identity, I mean, all of these sexual impurities, uh, things at early ages, uh, uh, children are being attacked now before they even comprehend right from wrong, things that are happening to them. And they grow up and they have all these issues going on in their head. And I'm sorry, dancing it off is not going to work. I need somebody 
that, that knows the wonderful counselor that can sit down with me, come on, virtual or whatever, and dialogue, walk me through with the light of the Holy Spirit, walking me through my past and showing me how to get out of my own head. We're not having that type because church in the original paradigm was more about making a pastor successful than it was about making a people prosperous, making them blessed, making them healthy mentally, emotionally, uh, the whole nine yards. And so a wonderful counselor, I believe, will be a new way of church. That's the reason why I think this coaching thing is taking off uh, uh, so big. Uh, everybody, you know, getting licensed to be a coach, you know, uh, all kind of people licensed to get coached. I ain't sure want to be coaching me, but um, I, I believe it's revealing a need uh, in this these generation. I want somebody to talk to me. I got questions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ooh. I think she's let Pastor talk. <laughs> I hope these people taking notes and listening because I sure am. I got a piece of paper I had to whip it's, out. <laughs> it, it really is. It's the leaders of these ministries that I wish would also, you know, would tune in. So I want to throw this at you all because I can see people. Throw it at Pastor Brad. Throw it at Pastor Brad. <laughs> you know, we oh, have man. people from every generation, all different generations um, tuning in and they're going to listen um, later. So what do you say to people who say, well, we have to have some type of order. We can't just show up at church and just, okay, let the Lord have his way. So we have to have some type of programs. What do you say to those people about uh, finding a balance between, okay, let, we can have an outline and then a balance between letting the spirit truly have its, its way? It's on you, Pastor Brad. I'm not answering okay. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind, okay, in Genesis, we see the order of God. The world was in total darkness, chaos, nothing was in place nor in order. Then God spoke, let there be light. He put the sun in its proper place with such order that if it was any closer, we would burn to death. If it was one step further, we would freeze. So when I look at natural world order, the order that God set that produces the greatest environment for us to grow and enjoy life. If, 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 if the son wished to get filled with the spirit, like some church people act when they say they got filled with the spirit, I wonder if we would live or die. When we look mm. in the, when we look in the scripture, there is a divine order, a structure. Everything has a divine order. Anything you will enjoy in life has to have order. If you want to play the game football, if you don't stay inside the side, the, the the lines, you're out of bounds. You're disqualified from the game. If if a dog wants to stay in your house, if it's gonna poop on your carpet, it's gonna get kicked out. There are guidelines. There are structures. There's orders that have to be established. And so I believe in the balance of both. But when we look, go back to the scripture, there's a lot of things, and I might get my own self in trouble, but there's a lot of things that we could biblically, biblically come in and look at some of our churches of what we've called letting the spirit have his way. And if, if I wish to go back and read the Bible in Acts, some of these things that we are calling the spirit having his way, I can't find in the scripture. Like, that's the reason why 
If you fell out in the spirit at my church, now I believe that can happen. I know some mighty women of God that fell out uh, and men of God that have fallen out in the spirit. Fall out at my church and the first thing I'm going to come to you and I'm going to pick you up and say, now what did he show you? What did he reveal? What did he change? Uh, or did you just fall out because you felt like you needed a Sabbath for about 30 minutes? Because God's not going to waste his breath and push you over. And, and, and so we're not, we're not, these things that we call being led by the spirit is, is, is a lot of times biblically incorrect. And that's the reason why some people don't want what we have. We're, we're considered weird fanatics, um, uh, people that have lost their mind on, and, and everybody may not be Pentecostal this, this, uh, or spirit field that's watching, but uh, we ought to be some of the most intelligent people uh, you know, isn't it amazing that, that uh, the Holy Spirit, God told me one time, he said, you can, he said, you can travel the world and never leave your knees with the Holy Ghost. Uh, mm. and he, said, he, said, he said, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, he said, he can show you things that you've never known before. He can, he can, he can, uh, but isn't it amazing that most people, and, and this is, I, I, let me rephrase that. A lot of people that I have met that claim to have a walk with the Holy Spirit are at some time some of the most uneducated people I have ever seen. And, and, and the scripture says that the Holy Ghost will give us power to comprehend truth, but he didn't say the Holy Spirit will make you intelligent. <laughs> mm. There's got to be some education in all of this. And so uh, anyway, let me stop right here. I believe that there should be balanced order that is filled with the life of God. Uh, 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 and one preacher said it like this, to, all word, you dry up. All spirit, you blow up. Balance word with balanced spirit and you grow up. If there is a, a divine order and a structure by which the Holy Spirit, because what, what Pentecostal people want to do, they want to come in, they want to have this explosion but but if if gas explodes what does it leave damage if your water pipe explodes what does it leave damage but if you take that same gas or you take water and you funnel it in a consistent lifestyle it 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 serves us so that we can grow and the problem is we want big explosions of emotionalism but nobody wants the consistency of discipleship It's a lot on the money. I can't take it. Woo. Pastor Brad, you you are something serious, man. Like <laughs> you're something serious. Let me I know, this I know y'all having fun, but it, I, I, I'm just I'm sitting. I'm, I'm seriously writing. I'm, 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 I'm literally stealing your message while you're talking. But I got, I got one more thing uh, right before we go. Um, how do we appeal to those that are, because evangelism now is going to really take another level of strength and a, a deeper walk with us individually with the Holy Spirit to evangelize because the days of knocking on doors, come to my church, passing out flyers, creating things on social media. I heard a preacher say one time that the Lord told him that this year, that church growth will be organic. It won't be through the events and things like that. It's going to have to be that we get back to grassroots evangelism. But with the virtual side taking over and then with some of those that feel like they have to be in place, 
um, how do we now, what do you see us as far as how do, how can we evangelize this generation um, to, to let them know that, hey, it's nothing wrong with coming to church. It's nothing wrong with gathering with the saints. It's nothing wrong with gathering with them virtually or in person. How do we make God look good again? You know what I'm saying? How do we appeal, appeal that to this generation? Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing that in my generation coming up, you know, they use hell to get us to come to God. And uh, mm-hmm. I had to ask myself the question, when did hell become God's greatest attraction? I thought love was. And uh, I, I think that love... You're going to mute again. It, it, <laughs> I think that love is one of the greatest things that we can use. Organic. This young man that I was telling you about that I just took to, uh, to uh, as a matter of fact, his court case went great. That young man's life has turned around. He's got a job making $1,000, almost $1,000 a week. He had a vehicle in a matter of a day, a place to live. Uh, God has tremendously blessed him. But that was a year-long journey of me walking in a relationship with him, not shoving the gospel down his throat, just being a friend. And the reason why we don't see uh, a real growth anymore, when you read the scripture, it talked about that the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus told them, if I remember correctly, he said, you'll, you'll travel across seas to win one proselyte. He said, but then you make them twice the man of hell that you already are. Because here's what I've learned about scribes and Pharisees. Once they get you in their church, they drop the relationship side because now they've put you in their number pole And now they have to go find another one to keep adding to the church to make them feel like they're valuable. So the key to me in real evangelism in this day and hour is is getting away from the multitude and finding that one. Hang out with them. Take time with them. Use the virtual stuff that we've got. Just yesterday, a couple of weeks ago, um, my pastor texted me and he said, Brad, here, here are three things that I do every night before I go to bed. He said, he said, uh, uh, the very guy that I'm talking about right now is giving me a call. It's amazing. He said, he said, he said, check this out. He said, uh, three things I do before I go to bed. He said, number one, I ask myself the question and I journal this answer. What did I do to increase my faith today? He said, number two, who did I help or encourage? And, and number three, I can't remember. But in all of that, here's, here's what I believe. Use our virtual stuff like text messages. The Lord spoke to me two people yesterday that he wants me to encourage. One guy's coming off of drugs right now, trying to get his life back together. He, he, he told me to text him about making confessions mentally over his mind. Uh, uh, because if we use like these, these cell phones, these cell phones are weapons of mass destruction uh, to the kingdom of the enemy and their strength. I take my voice out. I was battling mentally one day the Holy Spirit instructed me to take my voice app on my phone and speak to myself and say confessions a hundred times apiece because your subconscious mind here knows your voice more than anybody else's. So now I have confessions like I am deeply loved, completely forgiven, fully pleasing, totally accepted in Christ Jesus. I listen to that a hundred times a day. It renews my own cerebral cortex. I'm my greatest preacher. And so he told me to send this information and encourage other people. So I'm saying all that to say this, uh, take relationships seriously, one at a time. Jesus took 12 and changed the world. When's the last time we really loved the brotherhood, like the scripture says? 
where you pour into someone. James even told us, brethren, count it all joy. He was talking about tribulations. He didn't say, go by yourself and count it all joy. He said, find a brother, discuss your struggles together, pour into each other. And out of that consistent, intimate relationship, when we see a person get to the right place, then we can say, you know, don't you want to know Jesus? And, and it'll bring them on in. But I, I think it's going to take a more patient process. Even the, the scripture said that even God withholds his withcoming to the earth so that he might win the latter harvest and wait to get the many. So relationship takes time and time is the currency of life. And very few people like spending it on other people besides themselves. My God, today. <laughs> we want thousands of followers and members and Jesus changed the whole world with 12 people. We got a long way to go, don't we? <laughs> we got a long way to go. And you know what? It's I like how he said that because I noticed lately in my life. Um, it's so funny because it's churchy and deep as people think that I really am. Um, I have friends from all walks of life. I have friends that drink. I have friends that smoke. I have friends that go out. I have friends that do this. And they always reach out to me, to be honest. I say this live. I don't care. They reach out to me more than those that are, quote unquote, in the church. Mm -hmm. Amen. Can you pray for me? Amen. I'm going through this. And I told a friend of mine this day, like, look, bro, I am not your therapist. You need to find a therapist to talk to and get you some help. Like we're big on referring people to therapy on the real room and things like that. But it's like, man, I've, I've been, to, I get invited to parties and stuff and I'll go, you know, because I'm secure who I am in the Lord. So I'll go. And you know, while they're drinking and maybe smoking their weed or whatever, they'll be, man, I'm just having a day. And the Lord will open up a door for me to talk to them. I don't tell them to stop drinking or smoke. I just talk to them right there where they are. And most traditional people that are in the church, oh no, you, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Come out from among them, be separated. You know, all of that. And I'm like, but if we keep, to be honest, when this social distancing thing started, the Lord told me this. He said, the church has been practicing social distancing because we've made it seem like we can't connect with people outside of our bubble. So we've been practicing social distancing. This is not new for the church, but it's going to take some of us to kind of, like some of us got to go in the trenches and and I told God, if that's, if that's the road I have to take, I'll take it. You know, people can say whatever, but we got to get back to that because little do you know, we're winning. Some of us are trying to win souls for real. So that's me. That is so good. That is so good. Yep. Yeah. That's, go ahead, Kalanda. Say something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Bubble it over gonna, over here. <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. I think I have said everything I want to say. I'm gonna, I'll give you all a chance to pass if you have any, any final thoughts. Well, tell us, you know, how they can connect with, with you, Pastor yeah. Brad, and follow you and things of that nature. They love you in the comments. Because they are Pastor. loving you right now. My phone is blowing up. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, oh, you're just going to do it like that, Pastor? Preach, um, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> Look, I love this setting. Honestly, I love this more than I love being in a pulpit. Honestly, uh, I enjoy really pouring into people. As a matter of fact, I'm more interested in giving other people my platform than I am obtaining it. 
just because I love doing this kind of thing and pouring into other people's lives. So thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. This is fun to me. And, and uh, so thank you so much. I'm it's not as honor. cool. I'm not as cool as y'all are. But, but <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do appreciate uh, the opportunity. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, you can uh, connect social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Brad Hamby, uh, uh, Word of Faith Community Church uh, is the name of our church. You can look that up on Facebook uh, as well. And um, But uh, one of the things when you were talking about getting around other people and getting outside the church box, like some people are so churchy, they don't know how to step in other arenas mm -hmm and and just be we know how to do church but we don't know how to be church mm. and that's the challenge and that's 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 a, a battle that we're in right now but it, not too long ago man the holy spirit put it in my heart to connect with this young man dude was on drugs and and a regular weed smoker the whole nine yards and uh like like uh, i asked him to drive me to a revival <laughs> I, I, I get I get in the car, man, the car was loaded. It was loaded. And here I am like, God, if we get pulled over today, he ended up going to jail for, 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 for some of this stuff. And, and uh, but, but I knew, and that's the fun part about being led by the Holy Spirit. When you led, you know, God's got you. And hanging out with other people, sometimes it puts you in out of your comfort zone like that's sometimes that's a challenge for me because i'm a church boy all i've known is church you put me sometime in a room with people are drinking i'll probably be in the corner over there shaking like i got parkinson's or something not even knowing what to do <laughs> but, but 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 the cool thing is people know love mm -hmm. when, when they it doesn't matter uh what lifestyle when when you've got love in your heart and here's what jesus did Anywhere Jesus went, he took people who were low and he pulled them up. He took people that were high and he pulled them down. Pulled them down. He took blind Bartimaeus. He said, get up. And if I remember correctly, in the same chapter, he said, Zacchaeus, you, you short, but you too tall in your own mind. Come down. He, he, he always, but love will do that for people. And I think if we keep love the same, the church will live and we will not die, and we'll be able to declare the glorious works of God. Hey, this has really blessed me. So really, guys, thank you so much for having me. This is fun to me, man. Thank you for joining thank us. You, Pastor we gotta thank add you. you on our list because they already asking when can we bring you back. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta check his schedule, guys. He, he's a busy man. Oh, very busy man. Wow. Thank very, you so very much. Busy, man. It's a pleasure. Pastor Class, do you have anything? I don't do that, but I, I don't have anything. Um, I, I really don't. I'm just bubbling over. I'm going to go back and watch watch this again because I really want to. You take notes. I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm still, I'm still in everything, Pastor Brad. You're going to hear all this all over again. I'm telling you now. It's yours. It's yours. At okay. least say I was talking to, with Pastor Brad. Yeah, see, I'm going to be integral about it. I'm going to just say, you know, you know, the Lord gave me this by way of Pastor Brad. <laughs> whether 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 live physical or digital i'll be hollering in your corner <laughs> gotcha appreciate it we appreciate it <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us in the real room thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to tune in on saturday pure radio at 4 p.m and make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel and we are anywhere you can you listen to your favorite podcast you can look us up 
We're going to continue our Ask the Pastor series next week. If you have any suggestions or any topics you'd like us to cover, we already have one. Yeah, we got you one gonna, next week. You gonna tell them what it is? So that we're I'm actually going to um, talk about it next week. Uh, the discussion came this week, so we're going to talk about um, oh, the yeah. DMX uh, topic. You know how there are some people in the church that uh, feels like DMX wasn't "quote unquote" saved uh, because of his career, and then there are those that believe that he did have a relationship with the Lord and things of that nature. So we're going to deal with this judgmental spirit in the church that um, needs to be yeah. gutted out. Yeah, just <laughs> Because of his storm, yeah. a lot of people are judging. Yeah, yeah. are judging him. Yeah, okay. just like y'all did Whitney Houston. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for we'll tuning in. Later. Don't forget to tune in next week. This is the real room. Peace. All right.